welcome to OT Ladies. This is Sarah. Hi, welcome to OT Ladies. This is Dana again. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you doing today? Doing great, and I'm excited again for our conversation tonight. We're going to talk about our personality traits and OT. So each of us, we're going to um, explain about our personalities and uh, what skills I do have and you do have, and we answer a few questions. You ready? Yep. Are you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Question one, why do we choose um, healthcare profession or in general, you can say healthcare or OT occupational therapy? So I chose to be an OT occupational therapist because I love helping people. I think that's the first thing that makes me um, kind of like work with my patients with passion. Um, as I feel at the end of the day, I help them and I did something that make me satisfied and full, fulfilled. So what do you think, Sarah? I think when I was in high school, I knew that I wanted to go into healthcare. And at that point, I had no idea what part. I was all over the place in terms of my my career trajectory. Uh, but I wanted to help people. I enjoyed science. I even enjoyed math. Uh, and I liked that area. But I found that I was a very like well-rounded person. I also liked talking to people. I didn't want to just do like a research side. I liked hands-on. So every little part of my personality that started with, okay, this broad, I want to do healthcare, led to occupational therapy. Mm, that's so, nice. Yeah. So, Denna, do you find that you're more introverted or extroverted or a combination of both? Do you want to answer it first? And No, you answer it. Okay. Then, yeah. I think I am more extroverted a little bit. I would say... 80% of being extroverted and 20% of introverted when it comes to my work life and personal life. That's very specific. Um, <laughs> 80, 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe that's another trait to an OT. Maybe. How about you, Sarah? I found that I'm probably more on the introverted side. I probably would be like, I guess we're going to go percentages, maybe like uh, <laughs> 70, 30%. So 70% introverted, 30% oh. extroverted. Um, really? I enjoy talking to people, being conversational, but I find that, you know, the true marker of an introvert is someone that over time becomes drained by being uh -huh. around people and some people yeah I could I could go uh, weeks or you know days but then there's certain people that that's hours and I'm like okay I'm done I need some time alone <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoy the balance I still love being with people and uh, the combination but I'm definitely one of those people that mm. you know I come home from work and I just want a little bit of time to myself you know even if it's 10 minutes and then I'm ready to go and recharged working in an outpatient clinic we both had a good vibe or energy yeah so um yeah I never defined your kind of uh found you to be an introverted and quiet well I think that people misconceive that like introverted means quiet like I think uh some people that are introverted are like very talkative chatty people 
and mm -hmm. then you know over time they just can't be around people all the time where extroverted mm -hmm. people like a true extrovert 100 percent you know doesn't want any time to themselves they just always want to be with people they're always going out every oh. night doing <laughs> something where you know in, a person that's kind of a little bit of a mix you know has the time they need for themselves mm -hmm. but then that time they get with other people so a person that like is like introverted like me like I'm not 100% introvert if I'm by myself mm -hmm. too long I'm going crazy too so it's <laughs> like a combination you know I love being around people but I have a limit of like I think I need to, to take care of my own like self-care time oh, yeah. and and downtime so that's kind of part of it but yeah yeah it's very Good. interesting I think that you know, just like there used to be a type A, type B personality, introverted, extroverted, you know, so many personality studies and tests that show now there's really no such thing as one or the other. Nice. And maybe that's what we've just decided just between the two of us. <laughs> yeah. Talking. And I, I don't know, do you think to be a very, very good therapist um, in any setting, um, do you need to be extroverted or introverted? Like, or that's just depends on. I think it depends because at the mm -hmm. end of the day, you know, if you do your job, if you're professional, it doesn't matter what, you know, kind of area in healthcare you go into. I think you have to have a little understanding of both sides. Uh, you have to obviously be able to interact with people. So, mm -hmm. you know, some extroverted people don't have social skills, even though they enjoy being around other people, right? There's always that mm -hmm. as well. So uh, I think that it's kind of more about the aspects of someone's character rather than if they're intro or extroverted but I think it mm -hmm. helps to be balanced in some way kind of well-rounded you know the classic occupational therapy is a oh, well-rounded yeah. person um, but I think just being in healthcare, it helps to be a little bit of yeah. everything everything or just balancing it out good okay let me ask you this question mm -hmm. do you think you are a more logical person or emotional or do you have both and you can balance it out it's a what good question think? <laughs> I think I am both there's definitely times where like I'm at work and I feel like I'm more of a logical person but I'm definitely super emotional I'm like the person <laughs> you take to the movie theater and it's like I'm the waterworks <laughs> on the I'm the embarrassing friend it's true that's me uh, but I think that I'm definitely have moments of, of both. Um, it just kind of depends on the situation. Like an argument, I definitely go more towards the emotional side. But when it comes yeah. to like work related things, I'm definitely more on the logical side. Um, mm -hmm. So it depends. What about you? Yeah, I think I am the same way with you. I mean, um, I'm definitely um, I'm an emotional person and a um, little bit of course a logical side of me is kind of uh, comes out when I'm at work and I'm working with my clients mm -hmm. um, but definitely when I'm kind of relaxed and home and um, I'm more kind of an emotional type of a person and mm -hmm. it's less logic at home, mm -hmm. uh, more logic at work, <laughs> and more emotions at home. <laughs> Maybe that's a yeah. common trend. I think a lot of people do, you know, they have like a, a way that they act, you know, just to be professional. Um, it's not like it's a, it's not a true face. It's just another hat that we wear in terms of, you know, how, how we are. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. 
you know about this question i was thinking um maybe different um different people in the healthcare system should have a different traits um as far as emotion and logics go i mean a, a physician maybe should be more a logical person when it comes to uh, doing a surgery and if the, the person doesn't survive uh, versus uh, someone who does a life coach or uh, the person is a family marriage therapist or uh, does any sort of therapy with the client should have more empathy and kind of emotions with mm-hmm. the client. I think um, that's I don't know, fair to like say. Things. What do you yeah. think? No, yeah. I think that's it- fair to say. I think it's not necessarily like what you should have, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. everyone, you know, is born with certain attributes and you can work hard, you can study, you can do certain things, but we just have natural talents, you know, natural abilities. And, you know, someone who's the top of their class, very logical, you know, driven person, you know, they're the person that might become the physician, right? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But I don't think that that necessarily means they should just only be logical, unfortunately, because, you know, get into the school to, to meet the requirements for a lot of jobs. Sometimes you have to kind of like fit a certain mold, but it never hurts to, you know, for the logical people to have you know, some kind of emotional either training if they're not naturally in that, you know, have those natural abilities themselves, uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, that can make the difference of, you know, the the person that goes in to see you, the clinician that's brilliant, they explain things very clearly. It doesn't matter what healthcare provider we're talking about, what role. But you know, the person that's educated and intelligent and conveys their thoughts very well, but then also uh, is able to express this credible amount of empathy and personability, uh, mm-hmm. that's a very valuable person no matter what field they go in. Right, yeah. like well even you could be in a lab, <laughs> and your coworkers are like, "Oh, that that person is very interesting." Even though you're just in a lab on a microscope all day, you know those <laughs> kind of those kind of traits are always For valuable. Sure. It's just unfortunately the way like people are trained and the criteria to become certain jobs might mm-hmm. limit people that are more well-rounded. Absolutely. Yeah, good question. So let me come up with another one for you. Sure. So. In terms of bedside manner, how much do you think that matters to any healthcare provider, OT or just general? Um, I think it's a general rule, and I would say hundred percent matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, 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 it's very important to have a very good bedside manners um, in any. Um, customer service type of a business mm-hmm. uh, doesn't matter if uh, someone is a cashier or if is selling some movie tickets or if doing a therapy job um, I think having bedside manners it's something that is kind of more comes naturally and you, I guess anybody can kind of, you know, work on it, but it's something that is driving very uh, inside of individual and it comes up naturally. So what do you think? Absolutely. I think that <clears throat> bedside manner in general is essential for a good interaction with a client, a patient, having that ability to convey something on their level and be like emotional be yet in a professional way you know express that empathy that active listening you know those are very important skills
skills that a clinician has. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Empathy, active listening, um, being kind, nice, greeting well, making a good eye contact. Those are good. Question for you, Sarah. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's important to be punctual at all as an occupational therapist? (laughs) Well, everybody's a little bit different. I think you go into the setting that suits you. You know, if you're at a clinic or a place where you have to be at a certain time, then punctuality matters to you. If you like to kind of be whimsical and have an open schedule and have freedom, you know, you might pick something like home health. It just seems to make sense, right? People like different things. Um, For me, like uh, my mom's side is strong German heritage. And my grandpa would always Mm -hmm. say, if you're on time, you're late. So (laughs) (laughs) as you can imagine, I'm always early. I have kind of anxiety if I'm on time. I have to be a little bit early and I can sit in my car and wait. But I actually have anxiety (laughs) being like the idea of being late, uh, just because it's oh kind of a cultural gosh. thing, you know, you can kind of be erased oh with that. <laughs> yeah. So punctuality personally matters to me because that's what was kind of, you know, that's what my family taught me. And that's why I say, oh, it's a point, it's respectful to be on time for friends, family, for, you know, if Christmas dinner starts at 10, you, you know, better, better be there at 10 a.m. or I mean, morning, yes. you know whatever you're going to. Yeah. But uh, in terms of patience, I think that uh, for the most part, I'm pretty patient with my clients, with my patients. Uh, but uh, there is times where you, you know that maybe they're manipulating a situation. Maybe uh, they don't have anything like cognitive things. That's it, truly mm-hmm. attitude. And that's when you have to give them kind of the hard talk. You, you meet them where they are. So overall, you should be a patient person, but sometimes somebody needs a little bit of a nudge. And I think as clinicians, you know, whatever your field might be, we know what that is. Mm-hmm. What about you? Oh, yes. um, definitely about punctuality. Um, I would say for me, it really matters. And I am not German. I grew up in an Iranian or uh, Persian family mm-hmm. who... I guess my dad is a very um, kind of a punctual person and he has more disciplines and I, I, I grew up a very kind of like in a discipline uh, family. So like in the mornings we have to uh, kind of get up early and always the first thing to say to parents like good morning and hi. So that's kind of like kind of shows the punctuality of mm-hmm. Uh, the dynamic of the family like in the morning and <laughs> and that made me as an OT I guess um, I'm all I'm I'm not gonna say 100% but I I'm basically very much uh, very on time when it comes to treating patients um, yeah very uh, kind of like the time is like my life like I'm just I feel like sometimes I'm really living on every single seconds or minutes and I guess mm-hmm. that somehow make me a little bit some sometimes a less flexible type of a person when it comes to my personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, but working in an outpatient setting, definitely punctuality really matters. Also, when I do home health, uh, I used to uh, find out my punctual with seeing home health patients. Like 
if I used to give them like in half an hour window, I was always on time and never missed uh, that. Um, but as far as being patient, I guess I have more patience um, at work and sometimes at home. It's just I'm I felt like it's just like so hard sometimes to just have it. Maybe I use all of it at work. <laughs> so <laughs> that was just a joke. But um, yeah, I guess it's good definitely to have it to mm -hmm. being uh, patient and being an active listener and hearing the clients mm -hmm. so yeah. next question i have for you is do we ot our significant others family mm -hmm. or friends sometimes and if so is that healthy oh um, for them or us you pick <laughs> <laughs> I guess in general, um, it's good to have healthy boundaries as a, as someone um, as an OT when you you when you go home. And sometimes, yes, I do OT myself. I do OT my uh, my significant others. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm sure anybody who's OT somehow they do OT at home too. Mm -hmm. Or if we see someone, we definitely do some OT in, in our mind. But it is also important making sure that um, personal life is different from work life and we should set healthy boundaries. And when we go home, maybe leaving some of those personality traits at work and at home just be ourselves and not being an OT. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion is. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Sarah? Very good. I think that w I have tendencies sometimes to take my knowledge that I that I have from work and just, you know, when people are in a situation, you know, let's say they're, you know, significant other is in the hospital and they're, they're going to maybe sniff or home and they're like, Oh, I don't want to send them to skilled nursing. And I'm like, Oh, based on what, you know, I want to be like, Ooh, you should not take that person home. Even though I know you don't want to, I think they maybe need this first. And that's just an example that might not even be true, but just, sometimes with our knowledge like anybody that works in a field wouldn't recommend something that uh, your your loved one doesn't really understand mm -hmm. or for example you know they're they have this like you know someone in my one of my family members has like a hand issue they're starting to have uh, pain mm -hmm. and clearly sounds like carpal tunnel you know the first three fingers are having some issues and it's like oh you, sh you should really go in about that because it's only going to get worse oh you know I'm too busy and <laughs> well you know repetitive strain you really should go in now get some therapy something a little less aggressive before it's too bad um, yeah. rest it maybe a little splint you know it's just just examples of like how we do know little things here and there and we try to help people because part of us it's like okay we know things if you know something shouldn't you you tell somebody as long as it's not like you know telling them how they should raise their kid which you know that could be another thing if you work <laughs> in a school-based <laughs> OT job but and dis disabilities and stuff but I think that sometimes it depends like for my parents I do try to OT them you know I'm trying to keep them healthy I'm trying to have them make good decisions um, and age well and safely uh, for example you know suggesting you know seat in in the shower because I don't want my family to fall um, as they get older but I think sometimes we have to let things go with friends extended family and even sometimes very close family members 
even though it's mm. hard. Say it once or twice, and then that's it. You've said your piece. Yeah, so that kind of, Sarah, reminded me of a, a story that I want to share with you. Um, friends that uh, had a lower back issue, this uh, lady ended up having uh, lower back surgery. Do the massage on the back, on her back, and then kind of crack it, in, in other words. And mm. as an OT, I don't really touch that lower back if there is any disc issues because OT and I'm not, I'm not that knowledgeable about how to do deal with the disc in the lower back. They kind of didn't like my answer because they had ex they uh, had this expectation from me that, oh, no, I should help them. I should do the massage. And now I remember that story. Yeah, and, that's definitely um, touchy when you have a family member that or friend or somebody that kind of expects something from you because of your clinical background. I think that's different than like yeah. being in a situation where you can, you know, casually offer, oh, you know, if you want to talk to me about this, no, you can, you know, if you're not in a place to actually suggest something yourself. But when someone feels entitled to your services and they want it for free <laughs> and maybe <laughs> something that you shouldn't or are not allowed to do that's definitely really bad yeah. sorry you in that so, situation you're not alone okay, I'm sure there's many that happen <laughs> for sure I just want to share it now that I remembered about that story so um, next question is very related to I guess um, our previous question so how can we create a healthy boundary as an OT so we can separate the work from personal life. I think that in a perfect world, try to get your work done before you leave work. I know some settings, you know, school-based, community, outpatient, you take your charts more home. But I think mm -hmm. if there's a way you can stay later, just try or try to, you know, get things done in the office as much as possible. And then when you come home, have home be home as yeah. much as possible. I know that's difficult with, you know, current events and sometimes people are stuck in their office at home and maybe can't do the things they used to do outside of that. But if that's the case, taking those breaks, making sure your self-care, your me time is something somewhere else doing something you like is a good way of, mm -hmm. of helping with that boundary, you know, a good work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And the Your right balance for you. Everybody right. has a different balance. Some people are workaholics, you know, the kind of mentalities where they enjoy doing a bunch of mm -hmm. things, whether it's all work or maybe it's like a lot of really intense hobbies and it's a lot of time with their family. And some people like less and some people are in the middle. So finding who mm -hmm. you are and the right work-life balance for you. What about you, Denna? Um, I think you really answered this question very well <laughs> so I think I, I agree with you 100% um, it's important to just um, I guess self-awareness is very important knowing that uh, when you leave work you just leave everything behind and just leave the work at a certain time make sure you just be present with your family make sure sometimes it's hard if you do home health for instance is very difficult to just separate home from personal life because um, as someone who did home health, and maybe I'll do it in the future, some it's hard to have that um, boundary because you mm -hmm. might have or make a phone call around like 7.30 p.m. at home scheduling patients mm -hmm. for the next day. Mm -hmm. They might text you at 10 o'clock and canceling the next appointment. So definitely depends on the setting that um, a, a people work at and also self-awareness 
knowing that um, being able to separate that um, emotionally and making sure that you're not thinking of work when you when you go home it's kind of important and then just knowing that whatever happens at work um, should stay at work and not it's important not to bring that emotion it could be any anxiety depression whatever happens at work make sure we don't bring that negative vibes to home and family mm-hmm. that's kind of important and it's just self-awareness I guess so mm-hmm. yeah that's great so last question I have for you Dana is what are some of the main traits for for us as occupational therapists as OTs and then after we you know talk about it together we'll see if maybe we have some similar traits that we've noticed for occupational mm-hmm. therapists yeah um i believe um empathy or um just being kind having a good bedside manner a balance of logics with emotions you know i guess that's kind of i see creativity i guess it's something that i see with many ot's like Mm -hmm. most ot's are um, I can see there somehow not I'm not gonna say they have to be good at art or painting or drawing no I mean or music they're somehow creative people like they do have this side of um, creativity or um, or even sense of humor mm-hmm. I think uh, OTs I don't know about myself maybe you can uh, you can tell me if I'm I can be funny or not, but I guess OTs can be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good sense of humor, and you know you have a good laugh, and and you keep things light and fun. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess these these can be kind of a traits that most OTs can have. So, what yeah. do you think, Sarah? I I think that definitely uh, the things that before you answered your question, I had my answers kind of in my head before. And creativity (sighs) came up. uh, Empathy came up. uh, Those were kind of the two. I think after you have said some of your other things, I definitely agree with that. But those were the two I came up with independently. I also was thinking like well-rounded I know that's two words with hyphen but uh, someone that's kind of that holistic that well-rounded person that themselves Mm -hmm. has so many things going on you know outside of work inside of work you know they're the creative person that has a bunch of different hobbies that surprise people uh, (laughs) that in work you know gets someone moving doing things but is literally evaluating for you know, how someone's doing a daily task and, and moving and their cognition and, you know, their, whether something's behavior or like cognition, whether, you know, the, what their attention is like and, and their fine motor, what could be going on just in one activity, you know, that takes someone special to see all of these things. And then if you were to watch a video, you might find five other things, the same person might. So I think we're, the kind of people to really be analytical and Mm -hmm. also to be looking at things from a unique perspective yeah so those were the other things i would add to your list yeah so this was a nice uh light topic today just chatting with you dana it was great 
Thank you. I feel the same. Thanks, Sarah. And um, I think having no quote for tonight is the quote. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I like it. I was thinking about, I was looking for one as we were talking and I was like, you know what? Let's have no quote today. <laughs> we're the quote. Thanks, Sarah. Okay. Yes, we're the quote. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for um, giving your time tonight. Thank you, you and, too. And um, looking forward to our next podcast. Soon. Thank you. And talk to everyone next time when OT ladies. Yes. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.